Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. TGIF. I mean, we've made it. Not even like we made it. Like what a week! It was a short week, but it was full of drama, full of a lot of celebrity announcements, which we will definitely be covering on our Patreon episode. Uh, but. For this particular episode, we are going to dive into Beverly Hills and Potomac. And I mean, the dinner party that just keeps on giving. And then another dinner party that provided great entertainment as well. We're, we start off where we left off back at Kathy Hilton's. And boy, I mean, Erica really wasn't um, the Fox Force 5. Wasn't it taking it easier on her, uh, taking it easy on her at all? Not at all. And Abby, I just want to acknowledge the fact that this was a legit to be continued. Like they, they started where they left off, yeah, which I, I just want to acknowledge because I know yeah. you appreciate that and a to be continued. Well, and I did say that last week. I was like, I'm okay with this one because I feel like it truly was like so much going on that they did have to stop it, but it really is going to be a continuation of the conversation. So I agree. It was a great use of to be continued. So well done, Bravo. Maybe one of the few times they've used it properly. But I mean, Dorit is slowly starting to get a backbone. We saw it part one. We're seeing it a little bit more now. I do appreciate, though, how she wasn't afraid to say to Erica, like, as your friends, we're in this, whether we want to be or not. And you're not really telling us what's happening. And we're getting blindsided with every new thing that comes out. I, I appreciated it, her honesty. And I think a lot of us were agreeing with what Dorit was saying. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, when she was talking to Sutton and saying like, Hey, I'm going to sue you, like keep talking. I'll sue you. Dorit and Kyle were both like, well, this is what Sutton was concerned about. Like you're giving, I believe Kyle said you're giving credence to what Sutton is saying. And I mean, I feel like Erica saw black I wouldn't actually wouldn't be surprised if she blacked out for a minute because of how angry and like how visceral like the veins are popping. Oh, oh that scene where everybody's like memed to where it looks like she's gonna arm wrestle. I mean, it was like she was trying to fight off a demon inside of her. It was like watching like a real life exorcist. It was just it was insane. I mean, the fact that she kind of held her together, and of course, like sweet Kathy is like, okay. Everyone calm down. Keep your cool. It's the worst thing to say when someone's freaking out like that. Like I, that like triggers me more when someone tells you to calm down. You're like, I hate that. Motherfucker. But it, because it's Kathy, it works. That's if I was had Dorit said that she would have gone ape shit on Dorit, but but because it was Kathy. A thousand percent. It was. So she like reset herself and, you know, Sutton starts to leave. I mean, the fact that she said, um, you ever call me a liar again, I'm coming for you. Like, I mean, I these mean, that's threats. A th- that's a threat. Those are See, threats. And I love how she goes, it's not a threat. It's a promise. I'm like, that makes it even worse. Like, 
a threat's one thing, but now you're saying you fully intend and you will cause harm to her. Maybe not physically, but emotionally, financially. I, I mean, I felt like I wanted Sutton. I agreed with Kyle. Like I wanted her to kind of stand up a little bit more. The second she did that, she was like, I'm out, I'm out. And she just started her like her crying that she always does. But I, I agree with what Kyle was saying. And in that moment when Erica was like, I'm going to come for you, I'm going to sue you. I'm like, these are all the reasons why Sutton wanted to consult with a lawyer before continuing a friendship with you. Like you can't get upset with her when you're doing all the things that she was concerned about. Absolutely. I will say I felt like Kyle was being a little too hard on Sutton in the sense that she felt like she backed down. I think it takes a lot of balls to even say half the stuff that Sutton said sitting next to someone and actually saying it to their face. So I give Sutton credit there. I I don't feel like she backed down too much. If anything, no one else backed her up enough, in my opinion. I mean, Dorit kind of came in you know, Kyle came in, Garcelle tried and Garcelle definitely like took a step back after that heated moment between Garcelle and Erica. So it was crazy. I don't think she should have left, but then again, I kind of think she should have left. Can we talk about also how Rena gave Kathy's dog to EJ? <laughs> that was, Rena was definitely drunk. I don't know if she was so drunk. She can't even remember anything about the dinner. Like, I feel like when I'm that blackout drunk, you, it's a little bit more obvious in my face. Um, but yeah, I thought like that part was so bizarre. I also want to say I'm a little bit disappointed in crystal. I felt like she was basically validating and approving of Erica's behavior, which I just don't think it's ever okay to like threaten somebody and get in their face the way that Erica did when Sutton was approaching in the way she was Sutton wasn't yelling at her. Sutton wasn't getting in her face. I actually think Sutton was remaining rather calm. And I think she was doing that knowing that Erica is one who could, you know, just go crazy at any given second. And so then when she left and Erica's like, bye, bye, I'm not sorry. I kind of wish the other woman would have been like, Erica, that's not okay. You can't behave like that. And instead, Crystal's like, I would have done the same thing. Call me a liar. I would have done the same thing. I don't think Crystal would have though. I mean, we always tell our kids, always be the bigger person. Yeah. You always look better when you're the bigger person. You, you just do no matter what, even how wrong the other person may be, you're not going to get anything out of going after someone. You're not going to look, it doesn't make you look any better. Right. Um, granted, I feel like for Erica, this to me just felt like an authentic reaction, but I'm with you. Crystal, I feel like was just trying to be part of the conversation. Like, <laughs> I don't know. She's just, trying oh, yeah. to I'm like, are you trying to, to have, the dinner? Yeah. Are you trying to have a moment? Are you, we get, you don't like Sutton. Like, okay. You've, you kind of made that clear and I'm not expecting you to side with Sutton, but even Kyle, who I think had a little bit of feeling of guilt. Cause I think she was like, come on Sutton, say what you said. And then she did. And Erica exploded. And I think Kyle's like, oh shit. Like I shouldn't have kind of, I helped poke the bear. I think Kyle felt a little bit of guilt in that, but I just kind of felt like even the people that are closest to Erica got up to go like comfort and console Sutton. You know, I think Crystal could have just remained silent in that moment. I I didn't, I didn't think she needed to like confirm and validate the behavior, but I think like another, just like amazing moment though, in this episode that at first seemed like it was just a little blip, but then like, you know, it's been memed and people have talked about a lot, but then PK and Dorit have a date night, bubs, baby. 
don't don't just pop the champagne. Her like fake accent comes and goes so much this season. There was a lot of baby. I mean, baby. it was it yeah. was um I and I mean in a weird twisted housewife way. I kind of thought it was kind of sweet. I guess you know like <laughs> there's love in their marriage. I mean it was a little bit much. Yes, but I thought it was a little sweet. Uh. I, yeah, I think it was a little much. I, it was just overkill on bubs and baby for me. But one thing I will say, caviar fucking grows on trees in Beverly Hills. I've never seen so much caviar in a season. We saw it with Kyle and um, Mauricio for their anniversary dinner, which makes sense. You know, obviously have caviar. Then we saw the caviar pie. Then we're seeing it on their date night. I know we've seen it other times. I'm like, wow, the caviar is just the friend of this year for Beverly Hills. <laughs> I feel like you need to meme that, Abby. <laughs> you really do. It's the best truly friend, the best friend of yeah. the best friend of of Beverly Hills is truly the caviar. I mean, you guys, we talk about it. Usually, I think honestly, this is an excuse for Abby and I to talk about our experience with caviar. I mean, I how much we want to have it again because <laughs> it's it so since good. The time we did so, like, we're going on a year of me not having caviar and seeing it everywhere. It's just making me miss it, and I'm really jealous that these people are probably having like legit top shelf caviar. But I freaking loved PK um, and the scene because, and I'm actually starting, I mean, we've talked about this, like PK has been an evolution from really hating him because he stirred himself, like got himself inserted in drama that he really shouldn't have been in the things he like he kind of said to Erica in the past, like he just kind of gave you icky, annoying husband vibes. And now like he really is kind of becoming this voice of reason. And I love that he's not afraid to really evaluate the situation and not think about who, who he's been friends with and just look at what's actually happening. And when he said, no one's questioning if he did it or the lie isn't, you know, like no one's wondering if the lie is if he did it, it's if he is mentally capable. Yeah. I like, he said, it's not alleged what Tom did. What's alleged is that he's lost his mind. And then he kind of like went on and I just felt like he was being as practical as a person could be in the situation. He was being very level-headed. He also was commenting. So at the time we all saw it on Instagram. Um, Erica was promoting Rihanna's lingerie line, Fenty, Savage Fenty. Um, so then she was posting all of this stuff and, you know, PK was saying like, Hey, optics wise, does this really make sense? Like that doesn't, yeah. Like I get, you need a dollar, like, yeah, hustle for it. But like, do you need to be, yeah. Do you need to be posting it? And even they show a scene where Kyle and Dorit were both like, Hey, my husband is being accused of not even accused. It's been proven that he has stolen millions from burn victims, from orphans, from widows, like people at their lowest and people at their most vulnerable. And he stole millions, hundreds of millions of dollars from them. It's like sick and disgusting. I think everyone agrees with that. Like, you know, Dorit keeps bringing it up like orphans, widows. Like, I think she's trying to get, you know, Erica to be like, yeah, that this is terrible. But like, even they're like, is that really the time to be posting lingerie? Even though if, even if you're desperate for money, because apparently it's all gone and you don't have anything. I think there's other ways you could go about fulfilling that contract. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's the optics of it all. I, I give him props. He's like, and he even acknowledged some of his mishandlings yeah. with money and his bankruptcies. And he's like, you know, I did what I had to do. I wouldn't be going out and doing these things and doubling down. So I applauded PK for that moment. And it would not surprise me. And we'll go into this more in our Patreon if that's why Erica isn't speaking to Dory anymore. 
I think she's, I think the scene we're going to see next week where we see Dorit, PK, Kyle and Mauricio all at dinner and they're all talking about it. And I think the men are kind of the ones who are being like, look, we get, she's your friend, but you guys cannot be blindly loyal to her. Look what's going on. Look what she's saying. Look what she's doing. Things aren't adding up. And then I can't wait for next week to apparently her son rolled his car five times because he went to check on Tom after he confronted a burglar. It's like, you know, I've realized with Erica, you can tell when she's lying because her voice gets so low and she barely moves her face. She's like, yeah, I mean, Tom's, there was a burglar that broke into Tom's house. He confronted them, had to get eye surgery. My son went out there, rolled his car five <laughs> it's times. It's comical. I'm going through a lot right now. I'm like, first of all, whoa, none of this is adding up. If that truly happened, that's not the way someone tells the story. And two, like, it's just like, she has this like blatant, like, I'm lying voice and face. It is comical. It's, I think it's, I mean, other than the fact that she's scamming people, like it is like, you're like, okay, this is like, you're lying right now. We can totally tell. It's also just a lot. Like why, you know, (laughs) why are you bringing this up? Like, it's just weird. It's just weird that they're bringing it up. But what was your take before we wrap up um, Beverly Hills on the dinner, the Haitian dinner that um, a lot of thoughts. Together. I know. I'm like, we've got two great dinner parties in one episode. A lot of thoughts. I, so I kind of liked that Garcelle is like, Hey, Dorit, I get that you've called me out on, on like throwing little daggers at you. I'm still going to do it. And I think like part of it though, I think Dorit is confusing little punches at, as more of like friendly banter. Like Dorit is always late. Like we've every trip they've gone on Dorit has been super late because she's getting glam. And so I think it was funny that both Rena and Garcelle, who they both have said they're actresses, like you show up on time or you don't get another job. So they're just like trained that way. That's just what they do. So they were, you know, Rena always the first one there and they were joking and making a bet that Dorit was going to be late. To me, that's like friendly banter. That would be like, uh, if we're going on a girl's trip and people are like taking a bet of like how early I'm going to do an Irish goodbye. I'm not looking at that as like a jab at me. It's just friendly banter. It's like knowing my personality, but she's already like a little sensitive to it. And I love that. Then, Like, I think Dorit in her head's like, I'm just going to think of comebacks. And she was ready, like saying like all the different things. Like she was like saying back to Garcelle. I'm like, well, she has clearly had enough. And uh, people weren't backing down, which I thought was just kind of funny. I, you're a thousand percent Garcelle's way is like friendly banter. Like those aren't intention. Those weren't her intentions in that wasn't a dig. It was like, just like teasing each other. Um, like for instance, like you're super competitive. Like I know yeah. that about you. Like if I just made a, like a little joke, like, you know, it's a joke, but since they are on good in a good place, she's taking offense to it. I thought it was really interesting. I did like, you know, and I appreciated Garcelle's story. She shared a little anecdote about what she brought to lunch and how other kids, like, you know, she's sitting with the other black kid and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, what is this? I grew up with my family. They're from the Dominican Republic. A lot of the things I ate was so different than other people around me. And there is something about feeling like as adults, I'm, you appreciate your culture. Yeah. yeah. You feel, you know, weird or people are going to look at you differently. Or I wasn't the first to have people to come over and like, you know, seafood. Like my mom, I will never forget. Like my mom <laughs> grew up like taking kitchen or ch- kitchens, chickens and can butcher the shit out of a live 
chicken. Like my mom is boss. Honestly, it's pretty impressive. Like she can do feather and do pluck and do it. And, but as a kid, it's terrifying. You're like, I don't want to have my friend come over. So I just appreciated that Garcelle is like embracing her culture. It's like, you know, I think there's not to turn this conversation into this, but I can understand where she's coming from because she probably experienced microaggressions and things related to food and just feeling different. And Crystal hinted at that as well. So I appreciated the women being open and coming regardless if they don't eat conch or not. Like I give Rena little credit there for just trying it and just being part of the experience. We did get a few messages of people being like, Rena acted like she wanted a medal. I, I don't think she was trying to be like, look at me. I'm so inclusive. Yeah. I'm eating something I would never eat. I think Rena is just very, a very big personality and she's over the top with everything she does. I mean, she was like, think about the dinner party where they're just having a few cocktails and she was just being like, I'm going to have another. Oh my God, here I go. This is my third class. Like that's just how she is. And so, yeah, if she never eats seafood and she does, I think maybe she's drawing some attention to it, but I also think it was her way of trying to say to Garcelle, I'm not that adventurous with food and I really want to be open because I know this is important to you. I don't feel like she was like, give me a medal. Look at me. I'm the world's most inclusive eater. Like, I think she just, it it was something out of her comfort zone. And I appreciated that she tried it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it, I thought it was great. I just love that. She kind of shared that part of herself. And like she even said in the interview, like I'm opening myself up more to the women. I think a lot of um, fans and reactions to Garcelle is that she's a bit guarded and we haven't seen too much of her. Like she hasn't opened up too much. So I appreciate that this is a step in the the right direction, but all things considered, I cannot wait for next week. Yes. Um, yes like yes, we yes. said, reunions being filmed today. Today is September 10th. We will discuss predictions, thoughts more on our Patreon, but let's head over to the women of Potomac. All right. Well, how convenient that, um, you know, Giselle and Robin are having their podcast uh, episode all about cheating and relationships after what happened with Wendy. I mean, I get it. They both have, you know, had their merit, like they've both been open about relationships where they've been cheated on. But I did think I'm like, this was just an opportunity to talk about what happened with Wendy. And they sure did. And it was very, very staged. Um, oh my gosh. So staged. Cause I'm like, there's no producer. They just like walked in. I'm like, who? I will say staged or not, they did sound really good. Like they, they seemed yes. to have their thoughts together. I don't know if editing had anything to do with it, but as people who podcast, I was kind of like, okay, you guys, you know, they had notes. It's not like, cause I do think like no no knock to Craig and Austin, but I think they're very open with like, they just have these like random ideas and they sit down and they just shoot the shit and that's fine. There are podcasts that are super successful and that can do that. But what gets annoying for those of us that like prep and work and put blood, sweat and tears into it when we see that, and those are the podcasts that are like in the top five, just because of who they are. I think a lot of celebrities, Bravo, Bravo, celebrities, comedians think they can just put their name on a podcast and whatever comes out of their mouth, it doesn't matter. They're going to be in the top, top 100. So I appreciated that they had notes that they were thinking about it. It wasn't, it was an organized conversation. It wasn't just a, all right, girl, we're going to be shady. What are we talking about today? Like they really dove into it. They shared a lot. I thought it was really interesting what Robin talked about, and honestly, both of them, like the way they were talking about how they view cheating. Uh, I love that Robin said, I was young. I was dumb. I wouldn't put up with that shit now. Like, I just, I, I liked seeing maybe a little bit of the evolution of her and Juan and understanding how they were able to go from 
together, parents divorced, still living together, dating, now engaged, hopefully getting married again. Like I, it may, it just made a little bit more sense to me to follow kind of that, that path with them. It also felt real. I think too, I think for me, it's so easy to judge someone who would go back or give that relationship another try. Um, I think it's easier to be like, why would you ever go back with that person when they treated you that way? So I just feel like Robin and Juan's relationship, I don't know that I would call it unconventional by any means, but it just feels real in the sense that they've grown and adapted and have worked hard on the relationship. So I give them a lot of credit for that. I will say in the conversation regarding the cheating and whatnot, I don't know if I would be with someone if they cheated on me on their bachelor party. Would yeah, you I thought that was like, oh, you're at a bachelor party, strippers come and you go crazy. I'm like, no, that's still cheating. And that's still, it's still hurtful. Like, I get it. Like, it's like you were drunk. It wasn't like, I, I get some of the thought of like, this wasn't a emotional, physical relationship. Like, I do get that, like, maybe like a drunken moment that went too far might not be as hurtful as finding out basically somebody is like in love with someone else and has been secretly like dating them for months behind your back. I think it still would hurt. And I don't think it's hard to say, I haven't been in those shoes. Um, and when you have kids, I know it makes things ever like makes all that different, but it'd be really hard for me to stay with somebody who cheated on me, whether it was a drunken bachelor party or an ongoing affair. Oh, absolutely. I think it would just add doubt to me because typically yeah. bachelor bachelor parties are pretty close to your wedding, um, at least a month or two before. And it would just add a lot of doubt in my mind. So anyways, that's my little tangent on that. I just thought that was interesting. Um, let's talk about Michael Darby. God. <laughs> I mean, the man who apparently has more questions about like breastfeeding and holistic medicine. One thing I love, he was asking her for like all of these results and stuff. And I was like, well, what, what do you expect that the two week old baby is going to be like, I am now drinking <laughs> two ounces more per feeding. And I feel more fulfilled. Like, I mean, we're talking about infants that can't speak. So it's really hard to be like, here are the results. I think like, I love what she was saying. She's like, there were women who are ready to quit. And then, you know, they came and visited with me and things were better. I thought it was really interesting more just because I think after having kids, like you realize there's, there's just a lot of other ways you can approach issues and like a tongue tie. I haven't had to deal with it. I know you haven't, but like, I've, I know friends who have, and it is really scary to think that they might have to like medically have like the, the like laser go in and like cut a part of their tongue. And it's like, they're just so little and like purely innocent and so sweet to think about anything causing them pain or harm. It's like really hard to go through that. And, but then you also know in the end, it might be better for them as far as like drinking a bottle or breastfeeding or however you're feeding your baby. I just thought it was like, I liked that she showed that there was another approach to it and maybe, you know, some massage and working with like his, you know, chin and his neck and helping, you know, some of his muscles. But Michael to me was like, okay, I'm going to act like I am the most researched and most like involved dad. And I'm going to ask a million questions to this poor, you know, chiropractor that's trying to help my wife breastfeed her baby better. Like it just felt a little weird. It was the epitome of mansplaining to me. Like it felt so much like he doesn't have tits that a baby are trying to <laughs> suck milk out of. Like he's acting like he does. And I'm like, this is mansplaining. Like you're really trying to rehab your image as this like reformed dad. I'm the good guy. And you still look like a dick. I, if I were Ashley, I think I would have felt a little embarrassed in the moment and be like, okay, like you're being, you're putting on a little bit of a show for the cameras. 
let's just see what happens. Um, I did find it all interesting because it after he spent more time asking her questions than she spent with the baby. I know. <laughs> it, it, was <laughs> it was a lot. Just, it was, it a, was lot a lot of questions for her to like do a couple of things. And it, granted, it looked like it wasn't much what she did, but I don't doubt that it, it was obviously effective, maybe. Curious for a follow-up on that. Um, I don't know that we'll get it on the show, but maybe Ashley will tell us otherwise. Yeah. Um, Mia and her mom. Ugh. So, I mean, we've, Mia's shared a lot about her childhood being, you know, in and out of foster care. I just think her sharing her story, because it's very hurtful and hard, And I, but I do think there's more people out there that can relate to it. Um, and I, so I applaud her for being so open and I applaud her mom for coming on a show. She obviously like, it wasn't like she was blindsided with the camera. She signed documents. I mean, hell just to ask a question of BravoCon, I think we had to sign like five pieces of paper every time. <laughs> yeah. So like it's, it's a process to like, so it's not like she knew what was going to happen. Um, and I'm knowing Mia, I'm sure she said, I'm going to ask you some questions about growing up. The story, though, it was just so heartbreaking for me, for both of them. It breaks my heart for Mia that she went through that much pain, that sense of abandonment. But it really broke my heart for her mom, because I think being a mom myself and trying, you try so hard to just like make everything as perfect as you can for your kids. And you take on so much. And so to know that you know, you have a partner who's not only cheating on you, but also using drugs with your child, but then you have to keep working because how else are you going to keep a roof over their head and food on the table? Like I just, my heart broke for both of them. I know that her mom, you know, had she left, you know, Mia's dad, things would have been completely different, but maybe she didn't feel like she had a choice. She needed someone to watch her daughter while she worked. It's very hard being a single parent. Like I really sympathize with all that she was going through and then that story, but the story of, you know, the oatmeal falling on Mia and the, all the burns she suffered, you can tell the mom had since a lot of guilt for that and hasn't even, hasn't forgiven herself for what happened. No, I mean, and she, although she was not a great mother to her, she also tried to protect her a lot yeah. from, um, from a lot of the things that her dad did. Like it was heartbreaking for her to like even acknowledge. And it seemed a little triggering for her mom to be like, your dad's the reason why I got into drugs and my life spiraled. And it was just a very toxic situation. I actually have, um, I don't think they were third degree burns, but completely different. But I was sitting on the counter um, I was sitting on the counter next to the stove. I was like with family, they were making hot chocolate and hot chocolate accidentally sp- spilled on my stomach. And I had to go to the hospital. I, there's like pictures of me, my parents, I don't know why my parents took so many pictures. Honestly, All parents did, Cause we didn't have digital cameras. So you had no idea what the hell was even going to turn out. Yeah. But it's also like, why, why? Um, yeah. but they took so many pictures and I had, um, burn, I have a burn mark all over my, um, some on my stomach. It's faded a little bit, but anyhow, that's my semi anecdote into relating to Mia there, but it was heartbreaking, but I appreciate her being vulnerable and sharing this much. I think as housewives fans, we appreciate it um, because you can definitely tell the housewives who come in sharing nothing yes, and thinking they can get by on that. So I think I applaud her for that. I, you know, I do too. I mean, it was very, felt very real and very honest. And so, you know, I think coming in new and really sharing your story is, yeah, I definitely applaud that. So now we're going to uh, 
leading up to the birthday dinner, but before we get to that, I just have to say, I love that Karen Huger is still claiming that Giselle wished death on Ray. (laughs) I mean, this is like, I think anybody who understands the English language, when you watch that scene back, Ray said to her, you know, you need to find a man while you're still, you still look good and you're young, basically implying your looks are going to fade. And I, all Giselle was saying is you're going to be long gone before these looks fade in meaning like they're not going to fade for a very long time. And no way did she say, Ray, I can't wait till you're dead. And I'm still looking good. Like it just, it's so funny to me that Karen Huger is holding on to this. And it's like, my children were upset by it. I'm like, I, I'm shocked that your children also agree with you and think that Giselle wished death on Ray. Like it just, it's hilarious. And this is why I love Karen because she's going to hold on to this and it will come up at the reunion. It's a sense of delusionment. Del- I can never say that damn word. Delusion, delusionment. I cannot say it truly. You know what I'm trying to say? Delusional, slightly delusional housewives. That's like the characteristic that I love the most in these types of scenes because she's really owning up to it. And it's just comical. Like you just have to laugh. It's just really funny. And the wedding dress shopping, like for they were there not for oh, the man. main dress, but the second dress. Like it's just so funny. This, I mean, Val Renewal is gonna be hilarious. I'm I mean, I just think it's gonna be so over the top. And also, I mean, Andy told her at the reunion last year. I mean, it's not a secret that these Val Renewals have the worst track record for keeping marriages together. So the fact that she is still doing it and going all in, it it's hilarious to me. But then we get to the dinner. And, you know, it kind of, it comes up, they, Giselle asks Ashley, did you sprinkle some hot sauce? Like what happened in your conversation with Wendy? And honestly, like, I don't even remember what Ashley said because Candace went so hard on Ashley, uh, calling her wide, making fun of her, like her body, even in her interview, she's like, you milkmaid. I think for me, this is where I have the hardest time with Candace. I was starting to come around. But it, like at her core, I think she is a bully. I really do. I look back at the things that she said to a blogger talking about like fat shaming this person who then very unfortunately went on to pass away from health related issues. I just, I felt like I was like, this is, if this is who you are and your instinct is to attack somebody for not being as skinny as they were pre-baby, there's something wrong with you. And I've seen a lot of people post that like, they can't wait for Candace to experience childbirth and see how quickly she, you know, how, how wide she is post baby and how quickly she goes back to her body. I just think it was, it was a horrible comment to make and the repercussions of it for other women watching. I hope a lot of them out there know that everyone is disagreeing with Candace on that. Yeah. It's just a cheap shot. Ultimately it's like what it comes down to. It's like a quick, cheap shot. I mean, I've been around friends who've been told like nasty things, granted these situations. I've seen it with a friend with a guy, like automatically comment on their weight because it's a cheap shot. And it's, it's just, it's not good. It doesn't look good. There's other ways to go and attack someone other than commenting on their appearance. However, I know that's a housewife move. Yeah. I'll do it in one way or another. I think uh, you and I are more sensitive to it because she's a mom. Um, well, and the baby's like baby. three weeks old, you yeah, know, it's like a postpartum yeah. body. Like, I think we're a little more sensitive to it. I also that. think too, when people go for that, um, like, I mean, there, you know, we say it a lot, hurt people, hurt people, but to me, it also screams that like there's insecurities you have. And maybe for Candace, it's like, my marriage isn't that great. 
I'm annoyed that my husband is supposed to be my manager, but then like, isn't really supporting me. So I don't really know what the hell he's doing, but at least my body still looks good. So I'm going to attack people for that because that's the one thing that I have good going in my life. Like for me, it made me feel like there was more going on with Candace. And it was like, I'm going to make myself feel better because that's the one thing I know I have on Ashley is that I'm, I still look as good as I have since I got married and she doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, what a week. What a what week, a week. Bravo. What a we week. We still have a lot to talk. And I I know sometimes it's annoying, but I mean, this was a, a week in, in pop culture. Our Patreon episode is probably going to be like 45 minutes long. Um, so I will say a lot of the things that happened in pop culture this week, the teaser for Salt Lake City, Winter House, all the celebrity babies, we're covering all that on our Patreon. So um, go to patreon.com backslash backslash real moms of Bravo. If you want to listen to this week's episode, but before we close it out, we've got our shout out. Um, it's like an emotional shout out this week. Yeah. I I mean, this happened last week, but I want to give a shout out to, and just, you know, recognize and memorialize Greg leaks. Um, I feel like there's no Nini without Greg leaks. And through the ups and downs of the relationship, I just always found him to be wholesome in his own way, a calming presence for Nini. Like he is the epitome of a real housewife house husband. And I just feel like we're going to miss him. And I know Nini does as well. So we'll talk more about the celebration of life that they had for him, but he's an OG. And I just know that we're going to miss him. Yes. So rest in peace. Greg, um, you fought hard. I always hate when people say they lost their battle to cancer. I kind of feel like you won because now you're free of it. So, um, I hope, you know, you're without the pain, Greg, and, um, we will talk more about memories of Greg and who all came to celebrate him. Cause that was really heartwarming as well on our Patreon, but thank you guys so much for listening. You know, the drill, if you haven't already, please subscribe, hit five stars. If you have a few seconds, 30 seconds, uh, leave a quick review for us. We've been giving so many great reviews and we truly, truly appreciate it. So thank you guys so much for the ones that you've been sending in and thank you for your support. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets and all your stress seems to melt away. Like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.